This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we are in your presence. Continue to minister to us, Lord. Let your word come to us. Let your word come to us. Let your word come to us. Reveal your heart to us. Reveal your heart to us. Reveal your heart to us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Teach us. We are eager to learn from you. We are eager. I want you to declare it together with me. If you believe this, if you are agreeing to this, say, Lord, we are eager. And make it personal. Lord, I am eager to receive from you. I am eager to be corrected by you. I am eager to be changed by you. To be taught by you. To be transformed by you. Have your way in our midst, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. We are in an amazing time frame. Uh, no better time to be in the church than this. Because the Holy Spirit is on the move. And if you are spiritually alert, you cannot deny that. And I want to challenge you this morning. Can you sense that excitement? Can you sense a spiritual awakening that's happening in the, in the realm of the Spirit? Are you able to sense the things, that things are moving so fast? Just like he said, God is shaking the heavens right now and shaking the nations as well. You know, I've, I've been praying uh, over somebody uh, over the phone this, uh, the other day, even as they are passing through a very um, difficult situation, something, something that looks like an impossible situation. And then in the midst of that, I see awakening. I see purpose being uh, unveiled. I see uh, mindsets being changed. I, I see the spirit in movement. Amen. Amen. I see action. Amen. The spirit is in action. You might be going through a very difficult situation, but I want you to know that the Lord is at work. You know, like that song, uh, you know, the lyrics of the song that says... Um, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. That's the favorite part of my song. It just says that even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it, God is at work. Man, God is at work. And that's what he's up to. In case you missed it, I want to repeat it and reassure you. This is our time. The time for the church. For this church, for the church of Jesus Christ. If you cannot sense it in the spirit, you probably have to be more alert in the spirit. My advice to you, if you can't feel anything exciting as a Christian, my advice to you is get rid of everything that is draining your resources, your energy, your attention, your passion, your strength, your money. I'm telling you, there are things like that. Just, you know, just blocking your vision of what God is doing, making you myopic in the kingdom of God. Short-sighted in the kingdom of God. May you be able to see far. As a Christian, you got to see far. And see clearly. Amen. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 11. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way. What sort of people ought you to be? The question is to the church. What sort of people ought you to be? Sometimes you must ask yourself. You know, get up in the morning, stand in front of the mirror, ask yourself. What sort of person you ought to be? Before you go for work, before you do anything else in fact. What sort of person you ought to be in holy contact and godliness. Looking for and hastening the coming 
of the day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat heavens is not referring to uh, heaven where God abodes it's referring to the spiritual realm but according to his promise we are we are doing what we are thinking are we just reading about it, it says we are I hope you are looking at things we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells therefore beloved since you look for these things every word in the bible is for those who are looking since you look for these things be diligent diligence ought to be the hallmark of a christian be diligent to be found by him in peace a peace spotless and blameless and regard the patience of our lord as salvation say god is at work he's purifying say purifying and reestablishing he is purifying and reestablishing us in the things of god in his principles i was like like in having a conversation with the lord and he said i am reestablishing my people in my principles that's what the lord is doing he is reestablishing you and i in the principles of god because as kingdom people we ought say we ought we ought to walk in a certain manner the church ought to walk in a certain manner our walk in the kingdom and our work for the kingdom ought to follow his Amen. principles we cannot walk any way we want we cannot work any way we want don't think that ministry is whatever comes to your mind you're doing that that's not ministry walking with jesus is not walking any way you want walking with jesus is looking at jesus and following his footsteps amen listening every word that he says that is walking with jesus that's why the bible talks about what manner of people we ought to be what kind of walk what manner of walk we ought to walk Amen. We have to walk according to kingdom principles. As your pastor, I want to encourage you: do not ignore anything that the Lord is teaching you this season. It might look very small. It might look very trivial. It can look very insignificant. But I am telling you, it is only going to establish you in the house of God. It is going to establish you as a strong Christian. Amen. It's going to make you more resilient. It's going to make you more powerful. Amen. Do not ignore anything that the Lord is teaching you. Who knows what He's going to unveil in your life? Only if you respond. Thank you, Jesus. Response is key. Hallelujah. Now we've been learning about say honor, the culture of honor. Say culture of honor. The kingdom of God has a culture. Every kingdom on this earth has a culture. The kingdom of God also has a culture, and we are looking at. an aspect of an important aspect a key aspect in the culture of the kingdom of god that is the culture of honor we cannot embrace any culture when we are in the kingdom of god we are ambassadors for christ we are not of this world we are right now representing the kingdom of god in a different place amen so we ought to follow not the culture of the land we cannot follow things like when in rome be a roman because where we are that's where the presence of god is amen. amen we are ambassadors we carry the presence of god we host the presence of god yes. amen hallelujah and it is very important that you understand these things and we have to establish the kingdom of god because and the kingdom of god has a culture let's call it the kingdom culture amen, amen. which runs on the principles of god what did jesus teach his disciples how did jesus teach his disciples to pray one of the lines let your kingdom come on this earth let your kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven 
let your will be done as it is in heaven let your kingdom come on this earth amen we've memorized it we we say it we repeat it but you must realize that that one line in the lord's prayer is so impactful for the church it has got such an impact and relevance for the church when we declare let your kingdom come you know who is praying the very person or the very people who is supposed to establish that kingdom on this earth is praying if you understand the meaning of that prayer the immediate response of that prayer is you are empowered to establish the kingdom of god on this earth wherever you are wherever you are you can be in the prison you can be in the dungeon you can be in an island you can be up the mountain you can be before your president or prime minister you can be in the street doesn't matter wherever you are when you understand what it means lord let your kingdom come you are just praying lord what you have seen the church do may it happen through me amen. amen and let your empowerment be at work through me as i establish your kingdom on this earth essentially means establish your culture so when you pray i mean i'm sure that every school and most of the places you know if it's a christian institution or uh, you know such a place where prayer is allowed the lord's prayer is common you must understand when you're praying let your kingdom come you are actually standing responsible for that prayer god is going to ask okay how i'm going to do it now so you you better know that god wants to do it through you man the place that your place positioned god wants to establish the kingdom through you the kingdom of god through you man it's a kind of prayer which can wake up the church out of slackness and slumber sometimes we make such pitiful prayers lord do this and do that and send revival and sometimes those prayers are so meaningless you know why jesus taught us to pray like this let your kingdom come meaning when i am here you must expect the kingdom of god to come you must expect the kingdom of god to come wherever god is going to place you wherever god has positioned you that place you might be a businessman you might be a doctor you might be an engineer you might be uh, a teacher you might be just a lay person you might be a musician you might be a student whoever you are when you pray let your kingdom come you stand responsible behind that prayer man because god expects you to move and do something there amen, amen. so we we were looking at the culture of honor which is so very precious to god and god works within the boundary of his principles let's go further into this um kingdom culture god works within the boundary say within the boundary there's god is limitless the only thing that can limit god is his word because his word is limitless the power of the word of god's word is limitless so when we say god's word will limit him now you must understand you're talking about eternity limiting god there is no limit when i say god is limited only by his principles god will not do anything opposite to his principles god will not breach his principles just think about it why why would god require to send jesus to this earth because it was according to his principle without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins so there had to be shedding of blood there had to be a sacrifice there had to be a redemptive plan which had to be carried out by a spotless without blemish without unrighteousness without sin human being oh 
man. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus went on the cross. God will not do anything outside of his principles. And the culture of honor is such a principle which God is so strict about. Say strict about. God is very strict about the culture of honor. And we are not used to it. I depend on the spirit to open your eyes to understand how important is the culture of honor in the sight of God, in the heart of God, in the plan of God. Amen. Mark chapter 6. Jesus went out from there and came into his hometown and his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and the many listeners were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? It's so hilarious because you hear these things when you're in the Lord's work. What is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hands. Is not this the carpenter? See, when people put a label on you, they want it to stay forever. So don't be so excited to embrace a label that man would put on you. It might look very exciting. It might look very nice. But I'm telling you, if the Lord is not the one who's putting that label on you, it is not worth it. It will be heavy on you. Amen. Hallelujah. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? Look at what the Bible says. And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. And he could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Who? What? Did I read it wrong? That Jesus could do no miracle. Is that what we just read? Is that what your Bible says or is it an error in my Bible? In my Bible it says that Jesus could not do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. And he was going around the villages teaching. Which is this place that we're talking about? Nazareth. Say Nazareth. Nazareth. The many listeners in his hometown, the Bible says they were astonished, but for all the wrong reasons. Where did he get these things? What is this wisdom that he is using? What are these miracles performed by his hands? Isn't this the carpenter? And they took offense. Say, look at this. Lack of honor will give room for offense. If you don't maintain a culture of honor, your heart can be the, the breeding ground for offense. Telling you this is such a serious problem. This can stand in the way of your progress. So in the place of honor and worship which was due unto Jesus, they could only have what? They can only take offense at him. And so what happened? Jesus could perform? Say no miracles. Let me tell you Revelation Church. You can make this church ordinary. You can make this church mundane. By your approach. God forbid that. God forbid that. So look at that. Jesus is not responsible for that. Jesus is not responsible for no miracles. Is that what the Bible says? Is Jesus held responsible for no miracles in Nazareth? No. Only few miracles. Jesus is not responsible for few miracles. But they took offense at him. So who is responsible for no miracles? So the people, the people, 
the accusers they fail to honor the people who fail to honor the son of god they are responsible for few no miracles or few miracles who is responsible the people who fail to honor the son of god for who he is amen that's why i said you can make your church an ordinary mundane place by your approach may it never be but be warned by the spirit of god that you can make your christian life very ordinary by living a life devoid of honor if you really understand the gravity of this problem i'm telling you you will just go wail and cry seeking forgiveness from god realizing what you've done to yourself what you've done to yourself what you've done to others that's how grave this is if you want your life to be filled with miracles and the supernatural first and foremost develop said develop and maintain a culture of honor in your circle so wherever you go you must develop a culture of honor wherever your god has placed you you must develop and maintain a culture of honor in your circle now i've said this many times but i'm saying this again because i believe god is yet to see the desired change in us is it because the spirit of god doesn't have anything else to say what does the spirit say he who has an ear let him hear so the spirit might say the same thing a few times expecting those who have an ear to hear and respond you must see the ministers of god as gifts we've been talking about that see your ministers as gifts from god hallelujah say maintain honor maintain. say honor. honor oh honor honor, honor your parents on your spouse this has to be developed this this culture of honor has to be maintained you cannot i take my my children's case when they don't respect each other when they don't address each other the way they are supposed to address because that breaches the culture of honor that breaches the culture of honor and culture of honor is an integral part in the kingdom of god it it follows the principle of god Amen. hallelujah now you you have to walk in an attitude of honor your spiritual okay listen to this your spiritual well being is heavily say heavily heavily, heavily dependent on this honor heavily it is heavily dependent your growth and progress in the kingdom is heavily dependent hugely dependent on this walk of honor but god wants to establish something and he's going to repeat that uh, you probably might hate it just say this lord i'm excited that today you're going to correct me i'm so excited that you're going to change me i'm excited that you're going to rebuke me and reprove me the reason why the holy spirit wants to teach us this is because this is very very key this is a this is a secret in the kingdom there can be no miracle in your life without having honor in your heart ayyo somebody listen to this there can be no miracle nobody told you this earlier i want to tell you this today there can be no miracle in your life without having honor in your heart that, that's why you must go the extra mile the extra mile to be honorable in the kingdom 
I've been waiting to tell something to you. Let me see. Maybe today is the day. Hallelujah. I've been asking the Lord, help me, help me, help me. Because something has been troubling me for, I would say for years. But especially for the past several months now. Just troubled about something. And um, and if I, I come in fresh with my holy anger, I might sound very offensive to you. So I've, I've been asking the Lord, help me do this, okay? But let me see. How many of you have um, a 10 rupee note in your hand? You have? Can you just take it out? Just tell me, just think about it. Apply your mind. This is, let's do some economics class today. What would you get for 10 rupees? What can you buy for 10 rupees? Let your, let your mind just travel. I allow you to let your mind travel up down to more, um, you know, to West Bakery. You can get a pen, okay, a few pens, maybe two pens or three pens, maybe. Lace. You get 10 lace for 10 rupees? That's right. Pali's biscuit. At least there's one brand of biscuit you can buy with 10 rupees. Do you, will you get a packet of bread for 10 rupees? Will you get one kilo etaka for 10 rupees? Okay. Milk, one cow of milk for 10 rupees? Okay. So that's about what you get for? 10 rupees. But I have a question for you. Okay. Now how can that 10 rupee note find its place in this bag? But I have a question. It's a perplexing question. I've studied enough economics in my, in my life. I've studied management also. I've studied a little bit of finance also. I can't find how a 10 rupee note can find its place inside an offertory bag. Do you think that God wants to have a chirigadi somewhere? <laughs> I know that it can sound offensive, but I want you to think. I want you to think. Okay, if the 10 rupees is all that you have, if that's all that you have, you put that. It is, like Jesus said, you put more than all the others. And you can say, the widow only put two mites. Do you know that? Those two mites are worth more than 10 rupees. By the way, if you actually take the value and do all the analysis, the value of those two copper coins back in the day will be more, more than a few dollars actually, by the way. Because, uh, you know, it's like a 1 by 64 or 32 of a denarius. Denarius is one day's wage. So if you take a global standard, it's a couple of dollars, a few dollars actually. So your 10 rupees is not even worth the two mites that the widow who had nothing put. The reason I talk like this is because I don't take anything from the offertory bag. I'm not salaried for your kind information. I don't take any support from the church. So God has given me the, the space to boast, like Paul boasted, right? Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 21. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw a poor widow putting two small copper coins. And he said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all of them. For they all, out of their surplus, put into the offering. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. 
Hallelujah. She put all. I remember the first time I addressed this when we were still, you know, in the old place. I remember early days of church. I addressed this because that is not what I was taught. When I grew up in the, in the church, I was not taught to follow something like that. So as the pastor, I wanted to address it. I remember one person came up to me and said, what if that's the only note they have? Of course. If that's the only note they have, they should get prayed over. If there is somebody like that in the, in the church, come to me. I'll pray over you. I'm telling you. In fact, I will bless you with that day's offertory also. So that you will never be like that for the rest of your life. I'm telling you. It's serious. If there's anybody in this house, if you only have that much in your hand to give towards God, come. After service, come. Privately come and say, I want, I want you to pray for me. And I'm, I'm giving you my word. I want to bless you to break your bondage of poverty. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But we have to come out of this because this is, this is not about giving change to God. Who will you give a 10 rupee to? When you go to a restaurant, will you give 10 rupees to the waiter? If you do that, even today, I, I want to pray for you. If that's all that you give, a tip, 10 rupees. Yeah, maybe to a beggar. See, all are so connected to giving. All is connected to what you give. All is connected to what you offer. Amen. And I told you last week, honor attracts grace. Honor attracts grace. What attracted salvation to the house of Cornelius? What does the Bible say? His arms and offerings rose up as a memorial unto God. So God sent his servant, born servant Peter, and said, you go and minister to that man, Cornelius. So honor attracts grace. Honor attracts the attention of God. And Jesus stood there. He saw so many people. But he was attracted to this widow who put two mites. Honor attracts the attention of God. Honor attracts the the power of God. Amen. Jesus, son of David. That is the title of honor. Jesus, son of David. This beggar on the, on the wayside was, was attributing lineage to David unto Jesus. On attracts the power of God. He got healed. On attracts miracles. You honor. You honor God. You honor the people of God. You honor the servants of God. You, you know that from the Old Testament. How when the lady, the, the widow decided to bless the man of God. She attracted miracles. The jar did not run dry. But dishonor despises grace. Dishonor repels God. God is repelled by dishonor. Dishonor disdains the power of God. Prevents it from working. It blocks miracles. If you maintain dishonor, it prevents miracles. It blocks miracles in your life. Now, even Jesus could do nothing. That's what it's so clear. Even Jesus could do nothing in a place where he was not honored. It was his hometown. Hometown. In his hometown, he could not perform any miracle. That's why, okay, now I'm going to teach you something. That's why the Bible teaches us a very important lesson in the kingdom. First Timothy chapter 5. We're teaching honor, so this has to be mentioned. 
verse 17 and 18 let's read it together the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching for the scripture says you shall not muzzle the ox when he is threshing and the laborer is worthy of his wages now why is this teaching so important why is this so important why is this a an important instruction that you must give heed to because the very course of your life is dependent your well being is dependent on your understanding of the scripture so why is a man of god given to you why is a man of god given to you why is a leader given to you why is a pastor given to you why is a minister of god given to you why did god give judges to the children of israel why did god give moses when the the hue and cry of the children of israel rose up to heaven god decided to send a deliverer in the person of moses so moses was the response of god to the cry and agony of his people but look at what they did the response they had towards moses they rejected his leadership they murmured they complained they talked behind his back they went against his orders they disobeyed what happened they kept walking in circles if you don't maintain honor in your life towards those god has placed over your life you're going to walk in circles you're going to get stuck in life i'm telling you you you're going to receive deliverance if you respond to this word you have to come out of that rut that you are in that gutter that you are in that stinky place that you are in you have to see this for what it is now apply what we learned so when you honor the man of god when you honor the minister of god who works hard say works hard who works hard in teaching you and and preaching to you the word of god it is attracting grace in your life when you pay attention to somebody who is ministering to you it is attracting grace into your life it attracts the attention of god when you pay attention to your pastor you are attracting the attention of god honor attracts the power of god you're making room for grace to flow into your life you come into the radar of miracles that's what happens when you honor the servants of god you come into the radar of miracles see how do i know this because i followed this i followed this in my life i'm a beneficiary of this i believe in this i grew up like this i still follow this now i i have i've made it a point i've decided that a man of god who i come across if he has blessed me i will not let him go without i've honored him that the my decision before the lord because i know what it can do to me to so when you honor ministers of god your life changes now this can sound like i said many of the things that we i minister to you from this pulpit can sound very simple foundational but the enemy has blinded god's people from understanding the power in these instructions in fact as christians if you are a mature christian you must be after the ministers of god placed over your life seeking opportunities to bless them honor them but this is your your commitment is before the lord you have to understand what this is this is your breakthrough your breakthrough though the passage in first timothy talks about specifically talks about giving honor is much more than 
just giving money and for those of you with a, a debased mind thinking that okay uh, today morning this man is trying to brainwash us into blessing him for your kind information i want you to know that i serve the king and i am least moved by people's money least i am least swayed by people's money i have had very rich people come into this church i am least moved by them i've learned the secret of being content in every circumstance amen because i know whom i serve i have all sufficiency do i look broke my children are well fed they are taken good care of i have not lacked in any good thing because i have decided to serve the king i have not begged to people for money i don't beg i don't need anybody's money because i'm fully convinced that i serve the king i know whom i have believed i've tasted of his goodness i walk in the overflow of the goodness of god i don't look for man look to man for my support i look to god and i want to lead you by example and i want to teach you even as i raise you up as leaders in the kingdom of god to be likewise amen hallelujah so when i teach you about about um, giving and giving double honor to the to those who rule well it is not so that i can manage to convince you to get something from you but so that you will be blessed as i said this is, if you understand this you will be delivered you will be blessed hallelujah you will be blessed it is so that you can progress in your in your life it's so that you can progress in your life we can make progress spiritual progress amen not just physical, you can prosper in all things and be found in good health also amen it is so that you you will have breakthroughs in your life it is so that you will have miracles in your life it is so that you will understand a key principle in the kingdom and learn to practice it to your advantage you have learned to practice it to your advantage do you know that tithing is to your advantage some of you don't know that giving is to your advantage now when you begin to see giving like that your whole life changes hallelujah today we are like you know what is the smallest the the littlest we can give no that's not how we give you give like that because you have not understood the principle behind it it's about honor it's about honor don't teach your children to put 10 rupees in the church that's the wrong idea that you're giving them if they are not grown up enough to handle a currency note tell them to be with you or you be with them when the offering time comes you know you ask them to do what you want them to do or maybe wait for them to grow up but don't don't show them that what you give the beggar is what you give unto god i know it's poking you hard i know that it's piercing some of you really bad this this nothing person i don't know who is putting what i'm least bothered about i don't even look i don't even count by the way i'm not the one who counts the money here but i'm helping you say helping say tell your neighbor the pastor is helping you and you can say pastor is helping me also see honor is the prerequisite for miracles there are no two ways about it it's the prerequisite it was the requirement you want to see miracles you got to maintain honor you got to maintain honor your home must be a place of honor you want to see breakthrough in your marriage honor is the secret honor if you don't honor each other you're going to struggle in your marriage hallelujah 
No, because I'll tell you what honor does. So are you ready for this? See, listen, honor creates an ambience for God to move. Honor creates an environment for the power of God to flow. Now, I mean, this is, this is rich, okay? In fact, today morning when you worshipped, you know what you were doing? You're building, say building. What? An environment. And many years back, now when you come in, I, we put that slide, uh, kindly remain in your seats in an attitude of prayer. Many years back, a few years back, we had another slide which was put up. Be the be the environment. You be the environment. For what? For God to move. Listen, to you might not know this, but God is very fussy about this. Our God is very fussy about this. He wants that ambience. He wants that environment to show up. He is very particular about it. The psalmist realized it when he wrote it. He said, you are enthroned in the praises of your people. They're enthroned in the praises of your people. He realized what he was saying. In other words, we, you know, we paraphrase it. Some version says, God inhabits the praises. Meaning he dwells, God dwells in an environment of what? An environment of praise. God dwells, he inhabits, he fills an environment of praise. The church needs to learn. You have to, you have to learn. To praise God. Amen. That sip upon your mouth, don't give the control to the devil. Give the control to the Holy Spirit. You know, I remember as a young Christian, okay, um, in a first time, those days when Christian television networks were, you know, first coming into India, we had a few of them. How many of you remember Miracle Network back in the days, early 2000s, late 90s, or early 2000s? Miracle Network, then we had uh, God TV. Yeah, I remember God TV. You remember Daystar? Remember Daystar Network? So we had a few of those channels, um, you know, early years of my Christian walk, you know. Uh, these uh, channels uh, were available in India. And I, I used to come across a program titled The Atmosphere for Miracles. For those of you who don't know what that is, that is uh, Pastor Chris Oyakalome's television segment where his uh, healing service are uh, broadcast. Okay, not live, but, you know, edited, uh, you know, segments from his healing services are, are broadcast to the world. And the, the title of that program was The Atmosphere for Miracles. So this is like, I'm talking about early 2000s, you know, when I first started to, and I, I remember this title, I don't remember much titles that I've, I used to watch, but I remember this title very clearly, very clearly, this program, this title, I remember very clearly where the atmosphere for miracles, and then you will see Pastor Chris coming in white and white suit and all, and he'll be praying over people in the prayer line and all kinds of miracles happening. This is the early 2000s when I used to first see it. Fast forward uh, many years later, in 2019, I got the opportunity along with Pastor Judith, we, we both got the opportunity to go to South Africa, Johannesburg, and we witnessed a live healing service in his church on a Sunday afternoon. On a, on a Sunday morning, they have a regular service, so we attended the regular morning service. We went there to attend the conference, so this was part of the itinerary of the conference. The, the conference ended by us attending the morning 
Sunday morning service in the church. Uh, and then we went back and had some refreshments and we came back quickly. Afternoon is the healing service. So I think by around 2 o'clock, we were all in this arena. Okay, it's not a small church, a big arena. Filled with people that are, uh, you know, ministers and pastors, you know, who are there to witness this. There are people who are in need of healing. There are regular members of the church. They're all gathered in this place. From 2 to the next three hours, three and a half hours, you know what is happening? Worship. Just worship. So one worship leader will come, sing a few songs, and uh, he or she will step down. The next person will come, leads the people into worship, and you know that person will move out. The next person will come. So three, three and a half hours of worship, almost four hours actually. Just worship, back to back, worship, worship, and in between testimonies. So worship, testimonies, worship, testimonies and then after some say three and a half hours or four hours the man of God will come so already even before he comes the atmosphere is so thick okay you can touch you can it's like fluid you know fluid it's it's not gas it is like liquid it's 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 you can touch it the presence of God is so tangible you can feel it over you and nobody wants to move. Nobody wants to sit. Nobody wants to step out and pee. Nobody wants to go out and have a bite. Nobody wants to make a phone call. Everybody is just, just stuck in the presence of God. For how many hours? For almost four hours. Not moving an inch. In tears. Hands raised up. On the knees. Some of them prostrate on the ground, just worshipping Jesus. Just continually worshipping Jesus. Heavy presence of God uh, in that place. And we, we all can sense it. Nobody wants to move. We're all sitting there. And then, at the end of it, so when the testimony time happens is when people get to sit for like maybe a couple of minutes, a few minutes. And then again, worship starts. So finally, when all is said and done, the man of God, Pastor Chris, will come. And when he comes, it's like he has come in with angels, hundreds of them, legion of angels. It's like the atmosphere just shifts to another gear. It's like it's gone to another dimension now. Already you were so in awe of the presence of God, you can't move. And then when he walks in, it's like electric presence in that place. And we are all just elevated to another realm altogether. He walks in, he comes straight, he just prays over people, bang, 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 left, right, center, all kinds of miracles. People walking out of uh, wheelchairs and getting out of stretchers and, and just praising God. That's it. In just a few minutes, everything is over. Some hundred people got prayed over, even more than that. That day I realized what it meant when he titled the program, Atmosphere for Miracles. I realized miracles require such an atmosphere. I also realized another thing. Why Malayalis don't see miracles in that measure? Because we have a little bit of the Nazareth syndrome. But in fact, I have a feeling that we are much ahead of them. They might come to us and say, thank you for saving us from the shame of the championship. God loves an atmosphere. He loves, he needs an atmosphere, he needs an environment to move. So that's why when Jesus performed miracles, at certain places he said, you wait here. He went with few. And then he said, you wait here, just me and. You understand? 
He did not take everyone everywhere. You have to be very careful who you take with you. Especially when you are in ministry, you cannot take everyone everywhere. You, in your uh, good heart, you would like to take everyone everywhere, but that's not how ministry functions. Unless the Lord puts in your heart, gives you clarity, don't, don't try to do that. Because what is important is that you have an atmosphere. Hallelujah. Yes, you have to understand this. An atmosphere. We need an atmosphere. We need to create atmosphere. Honor breeds miracles. Honor makes the environment pregnant with miracles. If there's honor in this room, this environment is pregnant with miracles, which is ready to be birthed into your life. You can walk with miracles as you leave this room. If this environment is full of honor. And I've asked the Lord how to see more miracles in the church. And the Lord told me, teach my people to create an environment of honor. And to host my presence. Hallelujah. It's important. You can take it lightly. Some of you are like, ah, what is there? But I'm telling you, this is important. You learn this. See, that's why I said, you don't need so many people to see miracles. I have no intention of making this a mega church. Absolutely not. But I believe in this church having mega impact. Amen? Yeah, that's what I believe in. God can turn the world upside down with few. He already proved it. He proved it. Just 12 of them, just 120 of them in the upper room. Turn the world upside down. Amen? Do you know that the, the secular world focuses on Spending towards enhancing environment to maximize their profit. Think about it. Think about it. Think about different industries. I want you to just think now. Think about different industries. The secular world focuses on directing its spends to enhance the environment which will cause it to thrive. In fact, every commercial, TV commercial that you see, what is that? What is a TV commercial? What is it doing to you? When you watch a TV commercial or, an, or a, an ad, what is it doing to you? You are sitting in your house and the advertisement is about holidaying in Maldives. They are creating an environment to you saying that you need this. You might be sitting in the house, sweaty and all. The advertisement says you need this air conditioner. And you see yourself in that environment that they created, just enjoying the breeze from the, the brand new air conditioner. The air looks blue. I've, I've watched closely, I've never seen the air look blue. But in the ad, the air coming from the air conditioner looks blue. I've been to many restaurants, I've never seen the dish that I eat look like how they show it in the photo of the menu card. It never looks like that. Entertainment arenas, cinemas, amusement parks, football stadiums, concert venues, all are designed. Okay, we have sound engineers in this place. You can ask them. They, it's all designed to provide the best audience experience. It's about creating an environment of pleasure, of enjoyment, of entertainment, seating, lighting, 
air conditioning special effects surround system think about it everything is to make the audience feel great not just good great 3d 4d 7d i'm telling you you watch the advertisement about the iphone 14 and you're like okay wow this is 100 years from now you can see more colors than what you normally can see how i don't know companies compete against each other to provide the best working environment for their employees you know that so that they the employees will feel that they are part of something big i remember you know when we came out of college a lot of people would just talk about oh this company is so cool to work in you can go there you can be in your casuals you can wear t-shirt and jeans you can be so comfortable there are bean bags I'm like okay so they are competing with each other how can we provide the best environment for our employees so that they can think they are part of something cool something big so man appreciates an environment to maximize what pleasure entertainment enjoyment competence efficiency profit you name it taste comfort where did he get the idea from where do you think man got the idea about environment from from his maker Why is it that we fail to recognize that God appreciates environment? God does not perform miracles everywhere. God does not show up everywhere. Don't think that God can show up everywhere. God can, but he won't. He is omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, but he won't show up everywhere. Why? Because he he follows the principle of honor. the garden of eden man was created into an environment already created into a, into an environment i was reading the the book of ezekiel heaven is an environment talking about rainbow colors and all throne which looks like a a certain stone i can't even remember the name that's how difficult it is to pronounce that that's how majestic an environment that awaits us when we reach heaven because god loves environment he seeks an environment to reveal his glory the church ought to know this we are established on this earth to provide god an environment do you know that you have been made a part of this church so that you can provide an environment for god to show up i remember what i told you lord let your kingdom come what is that about it means you are holding yourself responsible to create an environment for god to establish his kingdom through you that's what it is I'm telling you God will not move on this earth during the church age without the church. Without the church there is no move of God. There is no move of God. God is not going to move. God needs the church to move. The church ought to provide the environment for God to show up and reveal his glory. That's right the sermon on the mount that we are studying right now is for the church to create that environment. where we understand how can we create an environment right from the time the disciples drew near and they sat with jesus and when jesus when they were close jesus opened his mouth why not when they were just walking around today you expect to hear from god running on the street it does not happen like that 
It does not happen like that. You expect to receive your breakthrough by being where you want to be. It does not happen like that. You got to be where God wants you to be. Say environment. See, don't think that, okay, listen, all the musicians and the sound engineers and the, the light engineers and all those of you who work in the media, including the, the singers, listen, God is not dependent on any man. God is not dependent on any man to have good music, to have good lighting, to have good sound. God is not dependent on any of us. But it is just a privilege that, that God uses us. God is not dependent on any man for any of these things. But when we do that, knowing that by doing it in a, in a culture of honor, by maintaining honor, when we play music, when we do sound or when we do light, if we can maintain honor and if we can make room, if we can be sensitive to the spirit, then God says, I am pleased. I want to come up. I want to show up in this place. That's what it is about. That is what it is about. I, I sometimes I feel for those of you who are in the worship team and in the media team. And I sometimes wonder where, when, when will you learn to worship God doing what God has called you to do? Because we are always so distracted. You have so many knobs. So many, so many pieces to touch. So many strings and frets to deal with. 88 keys. And with all the knobs and the switches. That's so much we have to deal with. See, I'm telling you, if you can't maintain honor behind that keyboard, God is not interested. I'm telling you, God will not even look at you. You sit behind the, the console. I mean, there are so many, there are, there are knobs, there are faders, there are pages and all kinds of things. But I'm telling you, if you can't maintain honor behind the board, God is not interested in you. God will not even look at you. I can sing all I want. Sharon can sing all she wants. David can lead all he wants. But if there is no honor in what they do, God is not going to look. God is not going to be moved. God is not interested. God is not interested. You can come here Sunday after Sunday. If you can't present honor to God, if you're not willing to create an environment of praise, an environment of brokenness, an environment of surrender, and an environment of submission, an environment of honor, God is not, God is not interested. He's not interested. He's not. So when you come to church, that's why it is important that you, you introspect, you analyze, you prepare. I like what uh, Pastor Nisha was closing in prayer after the Bible study. And she said, you must come prepared for what? For Sunday. Come prepared for Sunday. Now I like what the testimony that Brother King shared today. You know, it's about connecting to what is happening. You can stay in this room disconnected. You can stay in this room complaining about the humidity and the temperature and this and that. You can be so mindful about the air conditioner not working. You can be so mindful about the sound not being up to it. You can be so distracted by the, the worship thing not being tight. You lose it. You lose it. God does not need any of these things. He doesn't need a single instrument, by the way. They, I mean, they were not playing instruments in the jail. Hello? In the prison, they were not? Were they playing instruments? Fender? 
Mondaj, Yamaha Mondaj, huh? PRS, no, Paul and Silas were not, huh? That's right, they just sang, not just sang, they sang in worship, filled with the Holy Spirit, they sang in worship. For the power of God to manifest, you just need to worship God. End of story. Everything else must be in subjection to that. If you can't worship God, I tell everyone, I repeatedly tell you, and I want to tell you one more time, if you can't worship God doing what you've called to do, don't do it. Don't do it. But you must learn how to worship God doing what God has called you to do. You know, my, my pastor uh, asked me to back in, you know, back in the day when he first asked me to lead worship. You know, I remember there are times when I used to struggle worshiping because I'll be so caught up in the, the lyrics and the chords and, you know, keeping time and all. One fine day, I just decided, I told, I, I can't handle this. And I told the Lord, I want to worship. Then I decided every time I stand, whether people are going to follow or not, I'm going to worship God. Amen. First, I struggled with that for a bit. And then I realized that it's so scriptural. Because praise is becoming, the Bible says. So when you worship God, it is contagious. You cannot pretend to worship and lead people into worship. You cannot do that. That's why being up on the stage is such a... Ah, it's such a dreaded place. Michael, I know that you love to be up here. And you're just waiting for the opportunity. When are you going to tell us to play next? It's written all over your faces. You're so desperate, but I want you to know, have no hurry. Let there be no hurry, but let the hurry be to be, to sit in the presence of God, to understand how the kingdom operates, to, to usher the, the spirit of God, to host the presence of God. If you can learn to do it, I'm telling you, you don't need anything else. It will teach you all things. The anointing will teach you all things. It will put you in a, a pursuit of excellence. It will teach you all things. That is what it is about. If that's what it's about. If your life is about creating an environment. Your, your family is about an environment. Your music is about environment of honor. You're creating an environment for God to step in, to show up. An environment which he likes. But if you're going to play to the tune of the people, people may enjoy it, but God will might despise it. There are many songs out there which God does not love, by the way. Which are called worship songs and praise songs today. But God does not like those songs. How do I know it? Because it does not align with the, the word of God. Amen. Yeah, simple as that. God does not like anything outside of his word. He does not like it. It might sound very poetic. It might sound so, uh, like it can play the chords in your heart. Very emotionally <laughs> stirring and all. But God does not like some of those songs. And don't expect that you can create an environment by singing those songs. There are songs that I've done here. The Lord said, no, don't do it again. I've stopped doing that. There are songs that I love to do. I wish I could do. Then the Lord said, no, you can't do this song. And he'll tell me why. And you must be like that. You must be like that. You must learn to create an environment, an environment of praise, an environment of praise. If you're distracted and, you know, if you're disconnected from what God is doing, you can miss out on what God wants to do. Because God is dependent on you. He's dependent on you. Do you know that today morning, God was dependent on you to move in this place. 
and you can come come to church with all your ayyo in spite of all that you go through god is dependent on you he can still use you he can still use you hallelujah god is not ashamed to make that admission and he will he will let us know that he is dependent on man to move he is dependent on man he is dependent on every single one of you you want to see miracles in this church i want i want to lay this burden on you feel the burden you want to see god move he is dependent on you you got to create the environment you got to maintain the the culture of honor you got to learn how to host him you know when when important people come home you do extra research to learn how to please them you learn new recipes you learn how to fold the bed you know you learn how to do this and do that and all that stuff why you want to please them right why is it that we don't we're not that mindful about hosting the presence of god we are in, in such a time in such a time where god expects the church to rise up to the responsibility of being able to host the next move of god some of you are sleeping some of you are disinterested but god is dependent on some of you you want to see god move in this place you want to see god move in your neighborhood you want to see god move in this town god is dependent on this church amen your prayers your prayers and your worship and your devotion the one thing that i know i've noticed that uh, in what we see now as uh, even as we hear of revivals breaking forth in different parts of the world it is not done by one man it is not led by one organization it is just random is massive not because in, in terms of the numbers it is massive because of the impact and the reach as i i spoke to somebody from the us and this person was telling me what started in that small university that that has come to a lull or kind of slow down the intensity there it's continuing in in a different way but not the way it used to be but it has spread to many other places now to many other places are we reading about it no we are not reading about it are we seeing that in the in the television no we are not but that's the reality and god is not dependent on any single person but it's your privilege it's your privilege to know that he is dependent on you if if you don't show up the way you ought to show up god will raise somebody else amen that's right he can use the stones he can raise children out of stones that's what he can do many sections of the church have come to this description reduced to this description having a form of godliness but denying its power it's a form of godliness paraimo it's a church it's a fellowship they have 3 hours of praise and worship 2 hours of praise and worship but there is no there's no power can god trust you with the responsibility of creating an environment can god trust you with that can god trust you with that can god trust you with you being able to carry the presence of god you being able to carry the presence of god the purpose of god the weight of the call of god can god trust you with that or will you be the type 
who will put your hand on the floor and look back. Come what may we sing those songs. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. We love it because of its, it's a very sweet melody. It's, and there's a story behind the song. We have heard that story. I don't know if it's true, but there's a story that is about the person who wrote the song. Maybe it's true. So we like the story also. But what about you? Can you place yourself in that story? Can that song be the description of your life? I told you, there are hundreds of things trying to capture your attention. Hundreds of things. Trying to distract you from what God wants you to be. Hundreds of things. That's right. These principles will help you to get your focus back. These days what I sense in my spirit every time I come here uh, and minister is, I, know, I just know that the Lord wants to share this. But I also know that it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. But I know there are people in here who's willing to respond to this. And the Lord has seen you. The Lord has seen you. So don't be distracted by the people who are not really giving in and responding. Don't be worried about that. I mean, a few Sundays back, the Lord asked me to tell you, you must come to church, you must be in church, thinking you are the only person in church. The only person in church. You're the only person in church. Can you think like that? And God is speaking everything that he's speaking to just you. Where you are not worried about your children or your husband, your wife, your friend, None of those things. Your siblings or who is waiting outside the appointment at 3 o'clock. You're not worried about anything. You're the only person who is receiving from God. So that's how you create an environment. When you're so mindful of what God is doing. And you're so tender towards God. You don't want to miss out on anything. You want to change. You want to change. You want to make progress. You're willing to go through the grind. You're willing to go through the process. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. The Lord is desiring commitments this morning. Commitments. Is desiring commitments from your side. Commitment. To be what God wants you to be. To honor him. Even if you're the only person in that place, to honor him. Even if it means losing your life. Even if it means being mocked. Even if it means being rejected and despised and sidelined. Can you commit yourself to honoring your God? To making a stand where no man would dare to make a stand. Yes, I will be the environment. I'll be the environment for God to move. Today the Lord is reminding you, God does not need numbers. He's not dependent on numbers. He's not dependent on many. He's not dependent on a majority. With God, you are a majority. You might be the only person up against thousands or even ten thousands millions but God can still use you as a majority because there are more for you than those that are against you so the Lord is committing himself to you for those of you who would commit yourself to God 
and confirming once again that his angelic assistance angels the lord is telling me angels angels will move in your ministry that which seemed difficult for you that which seemed an uphill task for you that which seemed like an impossibility for you will be made easy and possible because the lord will send the ministering spirits to aid you to aid you to help you to bear you up lest you will strike your foot against a stone where there is nobody to voice support for you the lord will raise lord will send angelic voices heaven will cry out this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased thank you jesus the reglo for those of you desire and you know that you are you are often distracted in the presence of god are you convicted today that you get distracted you admit to that that yes i am such a person who gets distracted when i am in the presence of god when i am in worship i am never able to worship god the way i want to worship him i am never able to worship god the way god wants me to worship him if you are such a person today the lord is telling you i'll help you i will help you i will help you that you will see clearly that you will see clearly you will see open heavens you will see open heavens open heavens open heavens hallelujah now you will see the stairway to heaven the the ladder that leads all the way to heaven angels descending and ascending hallelujah thank you jesus hello this is nisha dilakoshi i'm sure this podcast has blessed you do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected may god bless you